Welcome to Art of the Float, where float setters thrive, our weekly podcast where we share stories of starting and running our float centers, and we love it when you join us each week as we work together to raise our education level on building, marketing, and running our float centers. As always, you can find us at Art of the Float on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on artofthefloat.com to find links, pictures, notes from every episode, all of that good stuff. I'm one of your co-hosts, Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my wife, Sandra, and I'm joined, as always, with Amy Grimes of Float Nashville. Brian is, producer Brian's behind the scenes here. I'm not sure if he'll be on. His voice is still out, but if he has something extremely important to say, I'm sure he'll he'll crash our party. Thanks to, thanks to Nicola Cardi for supporting our Patreon. Thanks so much. Patreon.com forward slash Art of the Float is where you want to go if you want to help support this show. Uh, we absolutely appreciate every single one of you who listen, and for those of you uh, who support us on Patreon, we truly, truly do appreciate it. At the $10 level, you do get a set of photos. Uh, every month that you can use for your own social media marketing, emails, posters, all that good stuff. Thanks to Float Tank Solutions for building Helm, the software built from the ground up to book your float tanks and gone out to do all the other things, including booking for your sauna, booking for acupuncture, booking for everything that you need that is that goes around the float tanks as well. I've gone into a few things about what else Float Helm does. One is project management so that you can have these little group conversations that let's say it's just you and a manager that you want to be able to talk about. You can have that specifically assigned to you two, and you can have a running dialogue going on that nobody else sees. You can also have um, just other groups that are specifically about shop maintenance, uh, float tank maintenance, uh, any anything that you want, marketing department, just the people that are involved in marketing can have uh, conversations within that group. And that's all separate from another, another, another thing that Float Helm has that I love, which is simply the logbook. And that's just the 24 by 7 running log of what's going on at the shop. Everybody contributes to it. So if you haven't been there for, for a few days, you go in there, check it out, and you're all caught up to where the business is. So it's really, really nice. Go to floathelm.com, check it out, and of course, schedule that free tour I talk about. Uh, it's really quite nice that they offer that for everybody. Amy, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I admit I'm a little tired, uh, but that's only because we are working morning till night. Yeah, so long you days, flipped the switch. Days. You flipped the yeah. switch. So yeah. So I'm I'm excited to hear about your week, and mm-hmm. I'm and I'm curious now that you've you've had your soft opening. Uh, uh-huh. You you <laughs> you are open. I think you flipped a few more switches on. But yes. now, in my opinion, this is a very difficult phase where you're working the crazy hours on the floor, yeah. you don't have as much management time, but you also have other things to build out. So how's that feeling? Yes. So that's feeling like crazy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that, and it truly is the most difficult thing is I feel pulled lots of different yeah. ways right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing has been, we have had so many of our floaters and friends from Float Nashville come and visit us. So all throughout the day, they're kind of I'm just wandering in and and they want to sit and talk, which is which is great. You know, Mark and I uh, live for that. Uh, But what it does is, you know, at the beginning of the day, I have my list of things I need to accomplish. And by the end of the day, that list is actually larger. It's like, how did this happen exactly? Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, that's been (laughs) difficult. The good thing is it really is a soft opening. We are not doing a lot of advertising, which is good in some ways because it's just Mark and I and bad in others in that, you know, I still have bills to pay and Mm -hmm. and I wonder how far how hard I really should be pushing. But uh, we've had problem after problem after problem with our cryotherapy tank, which is the one big uh, item that we're offering or service that we're offering right now. Yeah. 
So, what's you know, going, what's going wrong with that? Uh, it seems like well, <laughs> they should set it up, make sure it's yeah. all set up, ready to and go. And they did. They did. Uh, we had our training. But the biggest issue has been getting the company that supplies the nitrogen gas, getting us the right tanks. So we've gone through three tanks now. Oh, you mentioned that last week. Yeah. And it continues to be an issue now. They're mm. finally getting it straightened out. They're making us our own tanks. They're working with the cryotherapy company. Uh, and we're getting closer. But it's really tough to offer something when you're not positive that you can give a consistently good service. So, um, so, you know, you kind of hesitate, you kind of pull back, hesitate to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, that said, the other difficult thing has been, we are getting, this is a good thing. We're getting tons of phone calls. We're getting tons of inquiries, but everybody wants to know about the float tanks. And so, I'm like, well, you know, it's a bummer. We're a float center, but we don't have float tanks yet. Uh, but we have all these other things. And they're like, oh, that's great. I'm going to wait for the float tanks. <laughs> like, oh, crap. Um, that's but it awesome. is interesting. Oh, wait, like, very mixed bag there. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, and it, it interests me because this is something I didn't quite predict, is that even though they are interested in other services and we're doing all the services at really low cost right now, you know, cause we are kind of building out and people come in and, um, you know, they're doing a quick service and then, you know, they're doing a tour, you know, a lot of them want to have the tour and mm-hmm. Mark doesn't mind showing up the torn up float room. Sometimes it's interesting for people to see what it looks like before, uh, and after have that experience. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, but despite these sales and such, a lot of them are saying, yeah, I really want to do that, but I want to wait for the, float tanks i'm like float tanks are coming you can do this now Uh, so we're having to readjust yeah please please come and do this uh but we're having to tweak and readjust readjust the marketing plan and believe it or not weather's also been an issue i don't what's what's the weather been like up there for you i was out of town this weekend so oh that's right i don't know what it was like and brian's voice doesn't work so i don't and brian's yeah brian can't do anything um well I had this big plan, you know, we got snow yesterday and which is extraordinarily unusual for Nashville to have snow in the middle of April. I mean, this never happens, particularly because two days before that it was 80 degrees. And so I'm thinking, okay, we're getting snow, we're getting rain. Uh, I'm really going to push like the sauna. We got to get the sauna open this week. Uh, we're ready to go. So I start pushing the sauna. And then now today it got like 76 degrees and it's supposed to get warmer every day this week. I'm like, well, <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so we're fighting against a lot of things. We're constantly tweaking, but mm-hmm. uh, but we're getting closer, right? You know, going back to people saying I want to wait for the float tanks, yeah. I do think considering we're uh, – podcast about running a float center i think a lot of our audience particularly those who aren't open yet would see that as a positive like wow there's people are really interested in the float they're coming Mm -hmm. out of the woodwork to to learn about the float or you know what i mean and and it is to a degree i mean it it does give me some (laughs) some um feeling that yeah you know we weren't so sure about the market uh, but yes, there's obviously mm. a, a demand there. There's a interest there, and that's great. But it makes me think, you know, I did a really great job marketing the float tanks, which is what I know and what I'm comfortable right. with, and what is my my comfort zone. And perhaps I need to do a little better job learning that balance between all the different services. Uh, and particularly, one thing that's been a challenge to me is the kombucha tap room because that's all retail. It's a totally different. Right 
feel. It's a totally different wheelhouse. And Which I find very intimidating. Uh, me too. <laughs> I mean, complete, completely <laughs> me different too. business model, right? Yeah, like, totally. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm flubbing. I, I'm learning. I'm learning <laughs> as I go. I'm flubbing up here and there. Uh, definitely a learning experience. Definitely, I, I, I'd probably say to Mark, you know, once a, twice a day, look, like, man, I'm really, I'm really scared. I'm really a little bit nervous. Uh, but you know, despite that, like any entrepreneur, you just kind of. Like, yep, I'm really scared. I'm really nervous. But, okay, here I go, right in the center of it, and we'll and, be fine. Well, how, how are people responding? And and I know you're, like, messing oh. up and all that. No. But how are the how are the clients feeling? The tap room, man, that's on fire. Is that right? Hopefully not literally, because I've <laughs> no, seen a literally. lot of your Facebook videos are, like, th- things are dire, <laughs> things are not going well. <laughs> Did the tap room burn down and the, I missed it? The tap room is probably... <laughs> Weirdly enough, the easiest thing we've done in this whole project. Huh. Uh, and that said, of course, getting it to this point was easier than, of course, the rest of the place. But, you know, learn it. Like you said, retail is very different. Food mm-hmm. service, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm enjoying the challenge. And it's not, you know, th- what's intimidating to me is keeping inventory and getting everything in. Entered correctly, that stuff is a lot more intimidating to me and a lot more difficult for me than than actually being in there and dealing with the day to day. But I'm really enjoying it, I, and it, it gets me, you know, kind of gets me out of uh, the more, you know, the, the tough part. Like I said, everything has been hard on the other side, on the float right. center oh, side. Everything's right. been really hard, and it's oh, nice to yes. be able to have a complete break and have your brain focus on something different for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like a, a little bit of fresh air, you're underwater, yeah. but there's a, just this little bit of fresh air you can take in and then keep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and just to update on our float tanks, this is interesting. Yes. So we finally got a building permit, and then they decided we needed a plumbing permit. So we were supposed to start building out tomorrow, but now we have to find a plumber who can pull a permit and um, redo our plumbing. Because we had to take out our plumbing to get the rest of the building open. So what we're finding is it's almost impossible to find a plumber who can come out immediately. Every plumber we've talked to is like, I can't get out there for another week and a half, which we can't build out the rest of the room until the plumber comes. (laughs) Oh, my God. When do your animantium claws shoot out of your hands and you just tear (laughs) these, these guys up? Like that happens at some point, right? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure I'm waiting for it. Go full Wolverine. Uh, Come on. So Come on. I know. So we're, yeah, what are you going to do? I know. I guess I just ask the same questions every week, but who are these people? Why are they doing this? How did they get away with it? I just don't understand. Hey, at this point, I'm just happy they're not back on that whole bacon grease, (laughs) uh, grease trap thing because they have gone back to that multiple times. I'm like, oh no, please. (laughs) You never know. So, you know, know, Mm -hmm. I'll take what I can get and we're hoping that we're close to the end and three weeks, we keep saying three weeks, we'll have float tanks. That was like, you know, two weeks ago we started saying it. Not, not that I... I need you to pierce the veil too far. I don't know mm-hmm. how comfortable you are, but mm-hmm. as far as like kombucha income coming in, does that stem some of the financial hemorrhaging? <laughs> Where does that leave well, you? Well, because of the way that business is set up, I really don't get that money oh. um, at this point. So um, I know it's very confusing and there's lots of things I don't go into on the podcast sure. because it does involve family and there's mm-hmm. been some, there's been some really, really yeah, we don't uh, rough things happening. But yeah. um, what it comes down to is, yeah, I, I don't get any of that money. So 
it really doesn't help the overhead all that much. Uh, and we have so much money in inventory, which is normal for retail, that right now as we are expanding and doing some distribution, all the money just goes right back into, you know, product. So sadly, no, it does not really help all that much. It's been, a, it's been, and that's, that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'll be honest. I'm, and I'm sure we've all been in this situation, but you know, my lease, my lease is coming up next week that I have to, to send out and I'm going, I have no clue where that money's coming from. I don't have it and we got to figure out how to make it. So, you know, good times. Uh, but, uh, Mark and I are, you know, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not a train. So we're just walking towards it. <laughs> and I say this every week. It's like, you just put your head down. You just keep pushing forward and just trust that mm. it's going to be okay. Cause that's all you can do at this point. You do seem in better spirits this week than in previous weeks that I've seen you where it's like the, the money is still, <laughs> I know it's still averaging out there. The delays are still occurring, but you do seem way more positive this weekend and last week as well. I got, uh, I got sleep. And that's, oh. honestly, I was able to sleep a little bit this How'd weekend. You so, um, you know, my parents were in town. My father brought down some more kombucha mm-hmm. and... So I had I had a little bit more help than usual. So I got home at a decent time, and cool. uh, yeah, it's it's been kind of nice. I feel it's amazing what sleep can do. And yes. really, I think when we all get to that point, it's my first when I talk to my clients when I when I talk to um, the people that I coach or, t- or work with. It's like if things feel overwhelming, sometimes you just got to say it's time for me to take a nap. And an hour <laughs> later. Everything can just feel like it's completely turned around. You can function. You can look at it. You're clear mentally. It makes all the difference in the world. So sleep's important. And do you actually have, like, good sleep? Are you, were you, did, you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> Thank God for CBD. How about I just put that wow, out Wow, cool. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've had, uh, I've had some decent sleep. So, I, yeah, I, and, and it doesn't come easily. No, I, I do have to. I have some help, but, but it's yeah. happening. Yeah, God bless the CBD. I've been experimenting with that as well. And oh my gosh, it just seems to put me where I should be. You know how it's just mm-hmm. so easy to get caught up in spinning all the plates all the time. And you are tired, but you're not acknowledging it and you're pushing. And then you take that CBD and it just helps everything quiet down. It just puts my body and brain kind of aligned where it should be is, is how I yeah. feel when I take it. Um, That's so. beautiful. I, I'm I'm a believer. I, I have seen so much happen with my staff taking it. And of course, you know, we have CBD kombucha and I hear it from the people who've just come in last week. I, I hear those stories. I hear about how it they can feel the difference. It's amazing. I I can't believe I I've gone so far in my life without knowing about this. I'm can't believe how controversial it is. I know, seriously. It's, <laughs> it's an, in our case, industrial hemp CBD. I, I don't understand, but that's okay. Silly. Yeah. Uh, any other updates? Any other? No, but I'm excited to hear about yours. You have had a very busy week, my friend. Yeah, kind of a busy week. It was mostly a busy weekend, to be honest. I had my first. Um, what do you What do you call it? I don't know. In person, I've consulted in person, but. 
I flew out of town for the weekend. And now that, that was unique to me. Went out of town, went to Wyoming. I'm gonna play a little bit close to the vest. I won't name names and, and all of that stuff. I won't give away the business name, which was discussed this weekend as well, which is a lot of fun. But uh, I got flown out with somebody I've been doing some uh, consulting work with and spent a whole weekend in person, almost literally every waking moment talking about float center design and um, running the float center, everything involved with it. So it just felt incredibly comprehensive. I found it incredibly valuable in, in kind of two ways. One, I got to see the value like in person, their wheels turning, the questions firing back, you know, a couple hours later, you know, if we were on Skype, um, you know, it would end up in an email, but this, they get to fire off the question right there. So that was really interesting. Um, but also I got to walk into the property itself and actually look around and, and all of that stuff. So I went to Sheridan, Wyoming, and I got to have this really incredible weekend with um, a really sweet family. Um, so, so that was nice since I was leaving my family, which was heartbreaking. Uh, I got to spend time with a really sweet family, with a really sweet little girl that we got to have breakfast every morning. I'm out there. It's super awesome. First thing, we walk into the building, we're checking it out, and my phone starts blowing up. I realize we have an issue at the float shop, and of course, <laughs> why? why? We've had a good few months here. Like, there hasn't been some major issue at the float shop, or at least a few weeks. But of course, first thing, these guys are paying for me to be there, you know, for 48 hours of intense float information, and the float shop needs me. Sandra can't handle it. It's an electrical issue with our Floatarium float tank, our oh. oldest float tank, and it's literally the last existing functioning part of the tank. There's the shell. Everything in the filtration system has been replaced. The thermometer doesn't work anymore. Like, just all the stuff that it came with outside of the actual float tank, the shell is replaced, except for the plug-in cord. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh, no. So the cord uh, sparked, which, you know... You don't really want that to happen ever. Uh, and I was able to walk them through how to replace a, a plug-in, which, you know, is relatively, for me, would be the, the quickest thing in the world. But uh, trying to help somebody across state <laughs> over the phone do it, a little bit different. But I got to say, Anna was just a complete champ. I barely had to give her any information, and she was able to replace it. And just as the flow shop loves to do, no downtime, because that's just nice. how we do it here. Absolutely no downtime. And... Of course, also a Saturday morning, it had to be a super busy day where we were fully booked. And I think we were literally fully booked. So, um, wow. you know, if, if it were down, that would have definitely impacted our, our dollar signs. If it had been Monday, you know, a little bit different, a little bit different, most likely anyway. So that was pretty funny, but it did get uh, resolved pretty quickly. Um, so I do just want to say that the family was so sweet like i by time i left at the end of the weekend it felt like we were a part of each other's family <laughs> it was really fun <laughs> and like if i ever did this again so this is my first time going out of state to do something like this it was it was really uh unique i was a little bit nervous about it i was like do i have that much information like what am what am i going to be able to provide i started questioning myself and also missing my family all of that stuff um but they were so amazing that it really made the whole experience awesome and, and worthwhile for, for me, <laughs> which is also important, I'm, I think. Um, so yeah, there, just the big thing that just opened my mind was there was nothing like this. Like you, you couldn't, even if we were to have that same 48 hours over Skype, it wouldn't mm -hmm. be the same as just being in person. 
Can you give an example of what was so important of being there in person? I mean, on site, yeah, the, sounds pretty amazing. Can you tell me what the difference was in person, uh, on site as opposed to on Skype? Well, I think part of it is just hmm, the the fact that it is continuous is one part mm-hmm. of it. The fact that there's there's no delay, anything like that. We're we're asking the questions. It's right there. Um, a little sketch is made on a piece of paper. It's slid across the table. An eraser comes out, and then some new lines are drawn on the blueprints, and it slides right back across. And just how easy that is. And then the contractor can pop in and out during all of that time. It doesn't have have to be these scheduled times. So the contractor comes in. He takes a look. He calls me crazy. He leaves. He comes back a little later. Calls me crazy again, but says we might just be able to pull this off. And then you know what I mean. So like just that that round tabling that was able to happen, just that in-person dynamic that's able to happen, sharing the same space, sharing a piece of paper, um, mm. all of that seemed to really make a difference, including, and I guess this technically could happen on Skype, but what I mentioned before, which was just that idea that, um, you know, 20, 20 minutes later, 20 hours later, something can pop up in their head and they can ask me right away. So that, that was fun and uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, I would think... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I would think it'd be much easier to plan a space, too, when you're standing in it. Because there's something about seeing it on paper, but feeling the space. Yeah. Uh, and, and you probably pick up on things that maybe you wouldn't on a paper. Right. You might see material oh, yeah. that they wouldn't think to make mention of that might either be beneficial or not beneficial. So much that you that you could possibly miss on paper over Skype that you don't miss when you're standing there in person. Yes. Yes. There were some things that came up. So I love looking at blueprints. I've mentioned that before. There's so much detail that you could look into and, and work out the flow from top down, but there was nothing like, and I'll, I'll post this picture on Instagram, but, uh, I, they, they took a picture of me putting my ear to the cement floor to see if I could hear the music. They turned up the music in the building next door, super mm-hmm. loud, to see if I could hear it from there. What if Can I hear it on the wall? Can I hear mm-hmm. it on the sheetrock in this part of the wall? You can't do that over Skype, right? Like that's just, and with my, I hate to call it expertise, with my experience, I have a certain ear that can tell, you know, how much this is going to impact from inside of a float tank, right? Mm-hmm. So like that's, just, that's a very niche ability, that very, few people have and if, if you own a float center and if you deal with sound you just kind of your ear tunes into that right like what kind of sounds make it into the water what kind of vibrations make it into the water and um so it was very awesome to see like you know that that sound is not traveling through the floor it's cement floor that's great these the cement walls you're great this part where you have holes in the cement wall and it's sheet rocked up. Now that's, we've, we've got some weak points and we need to do some extra things to make sure that that's all sealed up or plan the walls in different locations to, to block that out. And that I, I couldn't do that over Skype. Right. So yeah, what you're talking about is absolutely true. I also, um, they own the business next door and they completely renovated that space. So I got to see this building that, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it kind of looks like a bomb shelter. <laughs> it looks really rough. And then they said, well, the other place looked just like that. And now it looks immaculate, just beautiful. And and I'll put some pictures of that. Oh, shoot. You can see some pictures of me doing push-ups. And in, in, uh, maybe I have, actually, I'll post the one without me doing push-ups in it, where you can see just how beautiful her business is and what they can do, right? And what can be done with this space and get a taste for, like, what their abilities are and um, just, like, 
what the professionalism is. So it's this isn't just passion. They have the ability to execute, I guess, is, and same contractor, who was her um, the wife's father. So um, that made it super fun, really fun guy too, really sweet man. Um, so when I said he was calling me crazy, it was all in, in jest and fun uh, for him to be calling me crazy. And, and you know, for, for most people, we are crazy. And we, when we start talking about the tiny sounds that we're worried about, it is pretty wild. Uh, so it, it can be, it can be hard to convince somebody. And it was great because he's like, you're crazy. And you know, you're, you're the expert. We, we just, we're going to do it that way. Right. You don't have to convince me. Yeah. You have to convince these two, the husband wife duo. I was like, awesome. That is so cool. I love yes. where he's coming from. Um, and also it being, his, her, he had the greatest line. He says, I'm not here to make dollars. I'm here to make sense. And I was like, oh, is that with an S? That's so great. What a great pun there. That's awesome. I love puns. And I, I think I love you, sir. That was awesome. Um, so he's he's just trying to make sense of every <laughs> sense of everything and um, work in their best interest. So that was really cool. Like he is really able to take these complicated <laughs> ideas and bring it down to mm-hmm. something that can be executed and save dollars and cents in the meantime. So that was great. Um, I feel like there was something else about walking through that space when, when you were talking about it, the advantages, but, um, yeah, also just being able to look up and down, realize how tall, you know, 14 foot ceilings or 10 foot ceilings actually, what that actually feels like. And will that actually feel good in a float center or not? Um, that, that was interesting. Um, let's see here. Oh, and and this is something that doesn't need to be done in person, but again, just working with a contractor was so awesome. Um, you know how important yeah. contractors are. Brian knows how important contractors are. And, and just when you open a float center, you learn how, how important that person is, how critical it is um, that they be in line with what you're doing. And so um, it's just really cool to be able to get everybody on, on the same page and have the same uh-huh. vision. Uh, because it's just so frequently contractors come in and they're just used to making houses. They create these business parks. They do this um, kind of set thing and they they're, they know what they're doing. They're set in their ways. Good on you. You're an expert. Good. Uh, you, what you're doing here is different, right? And it's kind of hard sometimes to shake somebody out of that and really um, educate them on the uh, value of sound or the lack of sound and like how subtle that that really is it can be difficult so um yeah just getting that right contractor it's important it is and finding the so i thought my contractor was great in the beginning uh (laughs) we ended up having some difficulties with them but uh contractors yeah being able to communicate with them uh learning their backgrounds (laughs) You know, giving yeah, yourself right. space to do your research. So, so important. Um, seeing how they'll work with your architect, if you have to have one mm. of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that that can make or break a, a project, quite frankly. Right. Uh, yeah. if, if they care, they'll help you. If they don't, they won't. I wish help Brian had his voice course. tonight. I know. Poor Brian. <laughs> I know. Maybe it's for the best. Oh. We'll, we'll save his voice. Don't say anything, Brian. Shh, shh, shh. Don't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> we, we know his contractors have just been terrible for his condos. Are, um, what is with the two of us and, and our luck with contractors? Ugh, yeah, we need right. To, we need to break this. Yeah. We need to break this. 
<laughs> Something, uh, man. Seriously. Um, uh. So a few a few things came mm. up, and this one didn't didn't necessarily come up for them specifically. And and mm. also, you know, I'm always on Facebook and occasionally Instagram, and I see people's businesses, I see the new photos and all that stuff. And so just a, a few things came up this weekend. One of them is what should be um, just knowledge for everybody at this point that everybody knows that shower stall needs to be right next to the flow tank as close as you can if we could put the shower in the tank i would say do it i'm uh-huh. joking but like it's it's really important because that salt just gets everywhere and as we know it pretty much corrodes everything and if you have frp and the right flooring and everything there's still the seams right like there's still things that are going to need maintenance and just the, the more that you can narrow down that little window the better and so I still see pictures of these centers opening up where that's not being consider, uh, considered. And it, uh, it concerns me, right? It's like you, you put all this time, money, investment into this beautiful build-out, and then I can just see over the years it, it degrading, and you don't know what to do, or you have to close down for a certain amount of time to do these repairs. And I just uh, that just kills me, right? Like... I know what it's like to put everything you have into your business and then to see that um, it's heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. Um, so I want to, I really want to see people considering that. And, and, and I also understand that you can't always do that, right? Like sometimes you have to put the shower where the closet was and, and there has to be this walk. That was the truth for the float shop. We, we put a shower literally where there was a closet. I saw your face there. <laughs> it's true. It's true. This is real world stuff, Amy. <laughs> Uh, so, so, uh, yeah, we, we had to do that and we can't like put the tank right up to the closet <laughs> or where the shower pan is. Uh, so, it, it looks good. I, I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your center. It's beautiful, but it's really funny. Are you laughing you with it? The, I'm kind of laughing with it. Yeah. But it's really funny to hear. I, I did, I, I'll be honest. I didn't even realize it was a shower or I mean, it was, I mean, I, a cl- it was a closet. Oh, God. I did know it was a shower. I figured that one out. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, it looks it looks real nice. It's a sweet little alcove. But yes, I'm People with you. People are going to think my center is just, it's kind of like, it's just a porta potty with a float tank <laughs> at the end of it. Yeah. It's all right. It's fine. It's kind of funny. The, no. Your, your float center is beautiful. And Thanks. I have to echo everything you said. Um, yeah, having those, the showers right there. Wow, does it make a difference? Because there are some people that are so messy that salt gets everywhere. I can't imagine what would what my center would look like if I had to clean a room in the entirety that I do, that I do after a few of those messy people mm-hmm. every single turnover. Right. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I see paint where paint shouldn't be, where it should be, <laughs> you know, FRP or at least tiled or something. I see tile uh, floors. I'm like, oh, man, uh, I hope... Hope they were using the right stuff there, or they don't. Yeah. They know something I don't. I really do hope that because I, I've seen the shop and how, what happens over time. It's it's frustrating. So yeah. I have a question for you. So a few other things came up. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, actually, just one other like little thing is um, the amount of time it takes for hot water to get to a shower. That's a thing. Mm. That's a thing at the shop, and it's it's something that bugs me. And you can get these little pumps that continuously mm-hmm. bring the hot water to it. But in most instances, or maybe 50% of instances, you don't really have access after the fact. Um, and maybe it is most, actually. But um, if you can get that in first thing, you never have to worry about that. All your customers get to get in, get out. You're using less water. Mm-hmm. Your customers are getting in and out of the rooms faster. They're obviously happier. 
So um, I also just want to mention that. It's just like a little tip, yes. just like one more little thing that will just save you a ton of um, sweat, stress, or mm -hmm. cutting up your floors in the future. So, yeah. Were you going to say something there? No. Uh, once again, I, I can't. I can't agree with that enough. Um, it's, it's seconds and it may seem like, oh, it's just another minute that they're in there, but boy, does that add up. And when you're doing a Every changeover and mm -hmm. you have people waiting and somebody got out just the slightest bit late, mm -hmm. oh, yep. yeah, you need yep. it. You need that extra well, minute. And, and in this case, they, they may not have staff. Uh, at the beginning, which is super common, right? Like just mm, the owners, sure. they're they're on there. So during that time, yeah. let's say you have two float tanks being used and you're the only person there, you're given an intro and doing the cleaning, which which I know about that and patting my face dry so it doesn't look like I was just sweating and running my ass off <laughs> during <Yep>. transition, <laughs> then um, those seconds really, mm. really matter and make it if you're getting somebody in on time or, or after the clock, you know, after the start of their float time. So just these, these little things add up to make sure you can, can run your center properly. But I have a question for you. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm really curious about this and that <laughs> I see worry uh -oh. on your face. You <laughs> have to scared. consider this. No, don't worry. Slightly frightened. Heating and cooling. What has Float Alchemy done for heating and cooling? Ah, I see you rolling your eyes. Oh, it's boy. a big one. It's a big one. It yeah. is a big one. So uh, our building, so once again, we have a very large building. If you haven't been following along, I have 5,800 square feet, which is insanity. Um, and we have five units. So, five the, float five units. Fi, no, five. Like, uh, I'm sorry, five H, HVACs on the oh, ceiling. Five oh, HVAC it. units on the ceiling. So, um, we have extensive, extensive hot and cold. So, um, we didn't. There was so many codes, and in fact, Murfreesboro City Murfreesboro changed their mind and made us completely redo it. Uh, yeah, go figure. Sh they they approved shocking. it, said, "Yep, it's up to codes," and then they they changed everything huh. and. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, please. <laughs> um, so it's it's pretty intense, and we did have a whole lot of say. But mm. um, the things that we were, of course, careful of is is uh, you know we're looking at noise, how things, how air moved, and we will have to do individual. We do wall heaters in our float rooms. We put them to the back just to try to maintain temperature, mm -hmm. um, so that we don't have to heat everybody else out <laughs> in the rest of the area yeah. in the rest of the zones. Yep. Um, but so, it's been a challenge this time. So it is shared, like the heating cooling is shared with the rest of the space, or at least some other. It is. Yeah. Uh, we have actually, for all four float rooms, I think we have three thermostats, <laughs> all areas of the building that actually control all four of the float rooms. So uh, we're still kind of learning <laughs> that, trying to figure out where our zones are, because the zones yeah, don't make sense. It's not hilarious. like it's a straight part of the building. It's like, okay, well, part of this hallway and this front room and this one room on the end are for one, and it's I don't know. We're still trying to figure it out. Oh, that's so I wish we would have had more say in it. I sure, wish we more had say in that in the ventilation, but we just what we wanted, what we had planned for did not occur. Uh, they made us rip it out. So it, that's crazy that you had five no. units five. because it's like, oh, great. You're going to that's perfect. Like that's that's the ideal, right? You can just plug one into this boat room or this <laughs> one into these three and <laughs> But no, it's not like that. That's really disappointing. Yep. To yeah, hear. right. They, the way that they had to break up the zones, it was yeah. it's crazy. It's just crazy. But I'm glad that you said that. I'm not glad that that happened to you, but I'm glad that you are going forward with it being the way that it is. 
because a i think heating and cooling is incredibly expensive yes. and to budget out for two separate units i mean yeah, i know you have five but for most <laughs> people it, it's going to be one for their whole building and then one mm-hmm. for their float rooms if if in my personal opinion like upper echelon perfection that's mm-hmm. that's some ideal stuff right there we're, we're going to add something yeah I was going to say, you know, I've been in float centers that have the uh, ductless units in every single float room. And that, of course, you know, you can control it per float room. Uh It's an extraordinarily expensive thing to put in. It was a lovely little perk. But I'll be honest, um, our our wall heaters, if you you don't have the money or the budget to do ductless in every float room, which is an option to control your float room temperature and humidity, uh, honestly, we have had great success with wall units, and there's several out there that people are using, including an infrared yeah. that works really well. Now, when you mm-hmm. when you say the ductless, are they running that the whole float time? Is that toggling on and off? Because those things make a little bit of noise. Are they just turning that on during transition times? So the center that I was in, mm-hmm. the ductless, the unit was towards the back of the of the float room, and they were massive float rooms. Okay. So I'm pretty sure it was probably toggling on and off, but I never wow. heard anything. That's and awesome. it was not loud. It was very gentle, very quiet. And I know I have a ductless unit in my house, in my mm-hmm. downstairs. And if you have it on the lowest uh, fan mm-hmm. setting, mm-hmm. I don't I don't really hear super much of cool. anything. So, so there are some units that are super nice. And um, the center that I was in was beautiful. And that certainly was a nice touch. But I know that it probably it cost around $5,000 a room to to put them in those so. those things are yeah, that, yeah that's a financial commitment for sure yeah to have them sure. in each individual room wow yeah, yeah. that's nice that's really it is nice. real nice i was jealous i was envious right. i i had float room envy for sure yeah. <laughs> float room envy is for real definitely yeah. float center envy too yeah yeah um, and not for me, obviously, but for other people I've heard. For other people. <laughs> That's what you, that, is that what you've heard, Dylan? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been reported to me. You can be jealous, um, especially when you opened seven years ago and you had no idea what you were doing at the time. Exactly. Does, isn't, that, isn't that crazy? I opened five it's years wild. ago, and yeah. it's like all these new centers are opening up. We've got some True Rest opening up. We have a, uh, oh, gosh, I can a reboot opening up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm sitting here going, Looking at all the pretty tanks and the pretty centers. We weren't allowed to have some of the tanks that people are allowed to have oh. now. We weren't allowed to have the flooring that people are allowed to have now. And Whoa. it's like you can't go back and change. I mean, I'm not going to go completely redo yeah. my float rooms for in a three-float center. But, yeah, it's like, well, that's kind of a bummer. I wish and I would have. You don't I was, get I was points the for being a, tra- a trailblazer, right? Yeah, like, nobody, yeah, nobody cares about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I do, Amy. First of all, Aww. I do. I really do. Appreciate um, that. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, you know, a lot of times people want to be the first float center to open in their city or their town or state, but that's a nice reason not to be the first one to open. There are still um, some let advantages. Let them work out the kinks, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That is definitely one of the downsides, but there there are some advantages to being the first. Um, I know that I would look twice at a city if I was not the first, there are mm. very few incidents where I would, that I would actually bother going in if I weren't, mm-hmm. if I weren't the first. And I, and a lot of that has to do with population, the type of people, uh, but uh, you know, whatever it is, what it is now. And now we, I kind of get a do over to a degree here at float alchemy mm-hmm. and float Nashville still has its market and it's still doing fantastic. So no complaints. Cool. 
Um, and yeah, it is. And, and I guess that is the other thing. And so is the float shop, right? Like it, it, yeah, these, these aren't deal breakers. Yeah. And you got to look at it this way. Uh, so float Nashville has no debt. I have absolutely no debt at all on my overhead because I got in before all the real estate went crazy in pricing. So I have a nice low overhead and no debt, and that yeah. in, its, in and of itself is an advantage, you know? Oh, and we've talked, gosh, man, we're digressing. I want to get back to the heating and cooling. I really do. But, but that's just such a great point of just when you're looking at somebody else's float center, you just don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And I know we've mentioned that before. We've talked about it on the show before, but it's just really important. And speaking of that float center envy thing, you just don't know. You don't know how much money they're making. Are they the only person working there? Well, that's really different than if um, they're not working there and they have employees there, both financially and for their personal time and their lifestyle, right? Like there are just all these different things that look like success from the outside, but it may or may not be. And it's just really hard to judge. You can be a tiny little mom or pop shop that doesn't look super awesome, but you could be doing really well financially on the back end and you could be making your customers really happy and be doing particular things really right on the back end um, that you just you just don't know. Um, so go ahead. Yeah. And, and success is different for for yes. each person. Your yes. idea of success, my idea of success, you know, it's very different for some people. They want, you know, success is being there every day, running their float center hat profit, being able to take a larger, a larger salary and put it in their mm-hmm. pocket. Cause that certainly is doable for other people. It's like, no, no, I want to get this started. And I, you know, I want to make money on top of, you know, what, whatever's going on there. I just don't want to have mm-hmm. to be there every day. That's probably a little less, <laughs> a little less likely in the float industry, but, um, you know, they're, uh, they may not see the small float center where the the owner and a spouse are running it day after day as success. So definitely define your own success and yeah. and, and make that happen. It, there's no one success for everyone. You know, one of my favorites is looking at mm-hmm. how booked out people are. Uh, I know other people do this. I've <laughs> definitely been guilty of this myself, uh, particularly when first opening. I hate, I do hate to admit it. It's, it's like pretty tacky, but like, how well are they doing today? Or how booked out are they for their floats? And even yeah. that is a major misnomer because you don't know how much is on discount or trade or employees floating. Um, you know, and if you were to look at, so back then it was float on, like how's float on doing, you know? And for, um, and then the float shop is like, wait, if they were looking at ours, they'd have totally incorrect numbers, right? Like it just isn't, it just doesn't make sense to do that. And maybe there could be some very vague information given, but you shouldn't, shouldn't be putting all your in a chips in a basket for that one. Yeah, not at all. Um, same with ours. Somebody looked at ours one day. It looks like we have nobody. But by the end of that day, we can look back and see everything got booked, but it gets booked last minute. There's certain days when that happens. Right, exactly. So, yeah. So I, um, I've i done it a few times. I don't do it too much because, yeah, what can you tell, really? It, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I can't remember the last time I did that. Yeah. It, 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 once you realize it doesn't tell you anything, then the yeah, interest <laughs> really wanes. Yeah. Um, and, and also, I think at the beginning is when we were the most insecure. And yeah. now it's like, if they're doing great, that's awesome. That, or if they're doing poorly, that's sad, right? Like, but it doesn't influence our business in any way, right? right? Uh, if anything, right. it could just be like, if they were doing poorly, that might be a bad omen for us. Like that floating isn't doing as well or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but potentially, but even that, you wouldn't want to read into it that far. Right. right. Yeah. Stuff like that really heats me up. 
You know what else heats me up? Wall heaters. Back to the heating and the cooling. Uh, what about the cooling portion? Um, so are you opening the doors and letting it vent out that way? Um, we have ventilation in each room. Uh, oh. Is that what you're talking about? Or cooling like at nighttime, cooling everything down? No, no. I mean, so oh. like midday transition gotcha. time or during the float, what have you. But you you have five of your units running, keeping it at uh, whatever, yeah. what's regular, 72, something like that um, for, for your business. And yeah. then you have the heaters on in the rooms. And then what do you do to, yeah. so they shower, it's steamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the... Uh, we do have a ventilation in the shower that gets right. turned on, and then uh, we open the door as we as we change over the room. Cool, so. yeah. Us and too that, at the float shop, yeah. And it works for us. I mean, we haven't had any issues at all. I love we that. Ru- and do you run? I run dehumidifiers at night. I'm assuming a lot of people do oh, that as well. No. No? Why okay. Why do you run dehumidifier? I mean, obviously. <laughs> wow. That, <laughs> well, we have these things called float tanks that are humidity. filled with water. Yeah, um, that are releasing heat. But it's also closed. No, and it's true. I don't, uh, I don't. It helps just with extra moisture in the room. You know, oh. they've been closed all day with the shower um, running. And even though the shower yeah. fan runs in between float tanks, that's really not that long. So we turn on the shower fans at night. And uh, run dehumidifiers. And, and I'll tell you why it started, because uh, we were told from day one, if we ever come in and find any mold at all, right. they were going to make us put in a very large, very, very, very expensive ventilation system. Oh, interesting. Okay. So we're like, okay, it's not, it's not going to happen. So um, honestly, the dehumidifiers, they keep, they keep the rooms really nice and smelling lovely, uh, just not allowing any humidity to build up. It's worked well for us. You can Great. tell a difference when you walk in in the morning. Now, remember, this is floating Nashville, 1,100 square feet, super tiny, mm. super insulated. We can tell a difference when we walk in the morning and someone's forgotten to turn on a dehumidifier. Oh, so wow. if you have better ventilation and you have a larger center than, than float Nashville, I can see where that's not necessary. But okay. remember, ours is very tiny, uh, very insulated from the outside. It's a brick building. It was meant to be an office building. So, yeah, we really we really need that. That's a great tidbit. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Awesome, Amy. Thank you for sharing. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Uh, and, and, of course, it varies depending on your mileage will vary, right? Like yeah. depending on the float center that yeah. you're in. Um, that, that's I don't think that's something that the float shop needs to do, but that could absolutely be true in a different space. I love that. Well, you have the windows, and you have you know that two story house. So you probably have a lot more air movement than Tall than we ever ceilings. would. Yeah, and yeah, our ceilings that. at Float Nashville only eight and a half. I think eight and a half feet okay. in the float rooms. Yeah, lots of different circumstances. Yeah. And and doors open at night too, so it's opened yep. up to the whole. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I love talking about that. I think that the heating cooling part. There's just so much range in how much money can go into yeah. that portion, well, and yes. I, I kind of. You know, there are certain things like in soundproofing, I feel very confident, you can totally cut that. You can cut that, trim that, and you're still going to be fine. Or, you know, don't get the Isomax clips, what have you. But when it comes to the heating, cooling part, it feels like a big step from, like, you flip a switch to it, it open your door to let the humidity out doesn't sound great, right? And it's like, well, it does work at the float shop, you know? Like, we... 
you know, I guess it's not ideal, but this is what we do and it works out fine. It's hard to talk to somebody about that and give them confidence that it can be a good choice to make and they can save a ton of money in their build out. Or when I say save, I mean, they don't have the money for it oftentimes yeah. uh, is, is what I think is more common because oftentimes budgets are just so tight. Um, and then mm -hmm. that just seems absolutely bonkers to have two two units, especially with talking to contractors and everything. Oh, uh, yeah. Not not referring to this weekend's experience, but just in general, that's mm -hmm. that's a pretty wild one. <laughs> you you can look at anywhere from fifteen to thirty five thousand dollars extra in a ventilation system. I mean, that's what we were quoted for our last the last time we were going to buy the building. It was that's hefty. That's hefty when you're looking at it being ten, twelve, twenty percent of your budget, right? Like amazing how expensive ductwork is, right? And then really? you can do work to, to soundproof it as well, which is just going to mm -hmm. add time and money to it. Absolutely wild. Yeah. Cool. I, I hope people who don't have float centers yet are listening and heard that conversation so that they can make a more educated choice because I, I just don't know exactly how to talk about that with the, with the heating cooling portion, just with the crazy change in price that goes into that. So. You got to work with what you got. And and honestly, that's something you should, I believe that everybody should be looking at when they're first looking for locations. That is such an important part. Wow. Yeah. Paying attention to what ventilation you have, what kind of, um, for us, the type of power that we had. We had three-phase power, and that was a benefit for us because we could we could do a little bit more. We had a little bit more room to play with. It would cut down on our, like our electricity costs. It would cut down, hmm. you know, we had gas for our what, heating our water. All those things go huh. into, is building a good decision or not? That's great. Mm -mm -mm. Um, the cement floor thing. Ooh, man, it was really nice to walk into a space, cement floor, put my ear to the floor, nothing. Just had my hand to the floor, my, my butt, and not, not feel anything, you know, sitting on the floor. And... I have wood floors at my business. Very different, right? Like just every step vibrates right through the wood floor, just all, all over the place. It's, it's, it's absolutely wild how bad it is. And I've told myself I would never do wood floors again. But it's also something that you can work with. You can have good soundproofing and vibration proofing on a wood floor. But my goodness, like, you're talking about those aspects of, you know, something that you'd want to find. For me, cement is one of those. So looking at mm -hmm. their space, which is like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> this is just luxurious <laughs> cement here, just rolling around on it. Mm, so nice. And then cement walls, the outer walls, the inner walls that separate mm -hmm. the, the um, you know, different units being cement was just like, oh, my God, this is so nice. This is, again, just luxurious. And. Uh, just one of those things to look out for of the amount of energy that you're going to have to put into it and the cost savings that goes mm -hmm. into it, right? So, I mean, so often Yeesh. you hear about the neighbors making noise, you know, they're doing CrossFit or what have you. Mind you, if it was a CrossFit, there there could still potentially be issues, but uh, the stress level can just absolutely drop down when you're dealing with the cement floors, cement walls, all that stuff. Some of the, Some other issues can come up with the cement, like it's one piece, conduit, like... You know, you drop something metal on one end of the floor, it vibrates throughout the whole thing. That's that's true. But just on the footsteps and all of that, eliminated. So that was a nice, nice thing to see and also think like, gosh, yeah, talking with anybody 
I can really attest to how nice that, <laughs> that is. Now, I want to say one thing about so about some yeah, floors. Please. And that is, you know, my current, the new location is nothing but cement floors. Okay. And one thing that, you know, it's great for the float rooms. It does, man. It knocks out. Mark did a great job. So we found out we live right down the street from a, uh, from a firehouse. And so uh, frequently we will have fire trucks with all their alarms going by right outside the front of our building. But man, you can stand back in those float rooms, shut the door and... Nice. It's, it's wow. amazing. I didn't think he I didn't think he'd do it. But anyway, so we love the cement floors. It certainly helps. But here is the problem. Yes. You can be standing in the so my building is I think it's like a hundred and I don't know, ten feet across. Um you can be standing in the tap room, which is on one side of the building, and because you know, everything's cement floors, everything's cement floors. 10-foot ceilings. I can be in my office on the absolute opposite side and my father, who has a big, loud, booming voice, I could hear I'm like, my office door is closed. I can hear him having conversations in the tap room. I'm like, I got on my, we have because the, the place is so big, Mark and I have yeah. little walkie-talkies. I'm like, Mark, we got a problem. <laughs> um, and so what we're doing, we put curtains up on the windows, like real heavy yeah. curtains up on the windows. Cool. We have put in I ha- my budget for area rugs was fifteen hundred dollars. I I have tr- tripled, and it hurts me to say that. I have to <laughs> I have to take a moment because it's painful. Uh, <laughs> I've tripled that budget. We are putting freaking area rugs everywhere because uh, you, we have to absorb sound. We are also yeah. purchasing um, uh, sound. Dan- uh, what is it? Uh, they're basically two by four. Uh, light. They're light, but they're two by four by maybe one inch sound panels that we are, they're decorative and we're using them on walls, but they look really pretty. No, sir, they they are not cheap. Um, We're hanging them down as we're we're making quote unquote clouds and we're hanging them down the back hallway to absorb even more. So Hmm. even though the cement is great for the float room, the rest of the place, you know, that, that noise disturbs services. So just be prepared with your sound. I can tell you where to get sound clouds somewhat cheaper and, oh, cool. uh, uh, and be prepared to really love area rugs with padding. Uh, <laughs> anywhere. Could you actually provide a link for the cheaper? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're still expensive. You can get four of them yeah. for, I mean, we're talking four for two hundred and fifty bucks, basically. But okay, but but considering my other option was four for almost four hundred dollars, I'm down. I'm, I'm down in. with it. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I I don't understand why they're so damn expensive. Seriously, but uh, that sounds nice. Oh. Uh, yes, you're absolutely right. There are pros and cons to to both sides. Absolutely. With that being said, <laughs> I will never do hardwood again. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I definitely yeah. think carpeting or, or um, carpet tiles, something like that, to even across, I mean, across your whole center would make a lot of sense to just yeah. absorb which, all of that. Yeah, which I have no budget. So uh, I'm buying area rugs as I can afford them and are <laughs> we're going for the rustic look. <laughs> well, you could have fooled me, Miss No Budget. Uh, you yeah. told me you had a stump for a front desk last yeah. last uh, episode. And then I it's see stump. the picture of it online. I'm like, oh, my God, this is gorgeous. <laughs> this million-dollar home, dining room table, gorgeous. And then I see the light fixtures hanging down. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, 
Well, Amy t- is totally blowing smoke. Yeah, right. Those, those light fixtures, I got yeah. them on clearance for 50 bucks a piece, and they're usually <laughs> like $250 lights. Oh, jeez. Um, I got that stump at a south, we call it, there's a place called Southeastern Salvage, which is uh-huh. like a salvage store. Uh-huh. Um, I bought tempered <sighs> glass there, fairly cheap. Um, Way to make it happen, Amy. I mean. Your place is looking <laughs> gorgeous. Thank really you. Really stunning. I, you know, I have I have so many people to thank for that because I have the worst taste in the world. Uh, <laughs> but my arc, I'm sorry? sorry. But we've talked about this on the show, like that yeah. you you have put a yeah. ton of work and teamwork into designing yeah. your your brand. Do you want to share um, a little bit about that? Oh yeah, real quickly. So my arc, I, I'm very lucky. My real estate agent is also my architect. She started with me at Float Nashville. She's worked with me now through Float Alchemy. And uh, she knew that we had no budget. She's become a very dear friend on top of, of course, being part of our team. Uh, So she has friends who are uh, interior designers, and she just has amazing taste. She's really just got great taste. Uh, She picked all the paint colors. She gave me guidance or at least guidelines of what I needed to be looking for. She said no to a lot of the carpets I picked out. (laughs) She (laughs) can say no. What's wrong with these? (laughs) Oh, she can totally say no. I've done all kinds of things. Uh, just because she said no, and I'm just like, whatever Liz says, it's what happens. <laughs> nice. uh, and uh, I feel, and her husband is the graphic designer that developed our branding. So <laughs> uh, I have this team that really understands uh, where we wanted to go mm-hmm. and what we wanted it to feel like. So I feel very, very fortunate because I, that didn't happen for Float Nashville. Uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice now that I'm spending a for me a larger budget, not large for probably most float centers. Right, but, right. But um, it felt really good to have something that I'm that that feels good and that I'm proud of. And I cannot believe how many people come in and remark about how mm. beautiful the place is. Sweet. It really does come down to you know having a a vision, at least understanding, having these guidelines in place. Like our bar, our bar over in the tap room is gorgeous. And yet that cost us less than $500. (laughs) We made it ourselves, found the materials and uh, Mark and and, uh, one of our floaters did a gorgeous job with that. So it can be done. You're right. It is, from what I've seen, it is gorgeous. Like like Uh, that looks far more expensive than $500, Amy. Yeah. (laughs) I feel very I lucky. It it helps. And I see, I see some of these pictures and I know um, how, how other people in our community have built their float center and these people are artists and they're creating their talk about a piece of art. I've seen lobbies. I've seen relaxation mm-hmm. rooms. Yeah. I've seen float rooms that are just stunning and have Tens. that unique stamp of that person on them. I can mm-hmm. see them in mm-hmm. there. Um, and that's, that's quite the feat. So Man, I I'm watching once again. This whole float room envy thing is a, is real. It's no joke. So um, so yeah. I I mean I feel really proud of what I've done um, yeah. because it is a very simple center. We're we're trying to be able. The goal is to make floating and to make these services affordable for people. Mm-hmm. So my center is very plain, very basic. But I think it turned out beautifully. But man, some of y'all. Many of y'all, if not all y'all, have these amazing centers that, yeah, I sit behind my computer screen and drool. <laughs> and uh, I love it when you share your decorating tips and your, <laughs> right. your uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, 
I want to say your Pinterest uh, tutor- your tutorials um, with us. That makes a, a big difference. So I've, I've stolen a little bit of inspiration from, from a lot of y'all. So thank you for that. Perfect. Um, did you feel like it was different? I know you were working with a team this time in a different way, but did you have any ego that needed to get out of the way of like, I want it this way, and then it comes back and you have to go, oh, that is a better idea, <laughs> or I have to just trust this person? <laughs> okay, so what I'm about to say is going to make me sound like a horrible person. Um, mostly, <laughs> it was me yes. saying, hey, guys. Uh, so, for example, I'm going to give you an example. We have these sauna rooms, and I really like we have a we have a cabin style sauna that's amazing at full spectrum. But uh, we got these dome saunas as well because that's what I prefer. I don't like breathing in hot air, and the way that we're putting them in a room is, by the way, is beautiful. Is we're making we're building these platforms because it goes an infrared pad goes down, and then you have the dome over you. And I said, hey, this room. It could be a small room because this is a very a service. It's a small service, but I need this room to, at the very least, be seven and a half feet long, or else we're gonna have problems. People are gonna have problems getting in and out of of this um, dome. And we started building out, and everybody loves to. And this kind of goes back to contractors and not just contractors, people around who don't really understand float centers, who don't really understand service rooms, who, who don't have any experience that they think they know better. And they tweak and they're like, mm. oh, it'll be fine. We can mm-hmm. take a little bit of space out of here. We'll add space there. No, no. <laughs> I said seven and a half feet. Well, they didn't. They made it seven feet and it has caused problems. Wow. So um, a lot of it has been um, has been. Yeah, I, I, I had a very specific, I had very specific lists of things that I needed and they haven't gone that way. And it's been very frustrating. I will say that when it comes to troubleshooting, um, I'm very lucky to have a, a partner who will not give up. If I, I can think of three times when the electrician said, oh, well, we can't do that. We, you know, you're going to have to do this. It's going to cost you more money. And Mark has come up with solutions and talked them into it and went out and bought the parts and basically made it happen. So um, it pays to be very uh, persistent. Okay. How, about, how about you? Have you, are there things that you have put in that you thought were that you thought would have been a great idea your way and things that have, that have changed opening and a business with my matter? wife did i have to check my ego at some point is that what the question is <laughs> <laughs> mayhap once mayhap i did yeah uh yeah <laughs> i'm actually surprised with how many float shop things were, were design and aesthetics mm-hmm. were my idea to be quite honest because yeah sandra has brilliant sense of aesthetics and feel but uh yeah like we used to have that float shop orange that really popped from the street that was Um, my idea and people really dug that and you know we don't have it anymore we have a color that sandra chose perhaps that's this the better choice now we've we've grown up and we've matured a little bit so there's that that's that's good i think from an aesthetic standpoint i'm very thankful i i had no say in that and quite frankly i'm it's for the best I would say there are a lot of choices that are sand that I have to step aside and go like I I know that Sandra is right here like and I'm not saying that we don't lock horns about it for a while but in the end I I tend to to go like oh yeah that's smart she's considering the right things here she's considering the client here what have you no. yeah and that yeah that has happened to me Amy 
Thank you for asking. <laughs> my my build out, um, there's been a lot of regrets, but when it comes to aesthetics, yeah. I know. I know my wheelhouse. I know what I suck mm-hmm. when I suck. <laughs> and if, if Liz tells me that the rug that I picked out is ugly, then I'm gonna be like, Yeah, it's probably an ugly rug. All right. And and I didn't get too hard. I didn't cry too hard. I can't even see a lot of the colors. Like things look gray to me. And Sandra's like, That's green. I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's gray. And we we like I've also learned to be like, okay, I'm just gonna step away on the colors thing. But don't critique me when I don't know the difference between two different shades of green or orange or what have you. <laughs> you know, I, I don't <laughs> I kinda don't see a lot of the differences. So hmm. there's also that. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Fun weekend. It was it was pretty intense. I slept hard. It was amazing yeah. to be focused on one thing alone instead of like just tons of different business things, family, and just kind of this unhealthy way that we get stretched then. Instead, it was just uh, felt very focused and good, like the good kind of tired. I have a question. Please. I would love to know where they, they were at in the process. And mm-hmm. if, you, if you wish that you or, or would you have made changes had you been brought in earlier in the process? When do you think you should bring someone in, someone who like you who comes on site, who really works through it? Would you bring them in? early in the process or we had talked before. So there were conversations about uh, choosing locations that, Mm -hmm. that type of thing was definitely something I was there on. And I think it's definitely good to have, and I'd, um, little worried about this being like a plug for myself, but really just anybody, uh, who's like owned a float center who can have any expertise in helping you choose a location, um, or help you start out your float center. But if you can run that by somebody who has your best interest in mind, that'd be really, really nice before you sign a lease agreement and know like, okay, I can actually execute the plan I have here. And does my plan actually make sense? Will this make money here? Um, you know, if you plan on a two float tank center and some other additional modalities, maybe that fits your vision and your dream of what you want to achieve. And maybe um, your vision and, and your dream that doesn't match. And maybe it should be just three float tanks. Um, and that's going to achieve your dream because maybe your dream is more financial or, you know, there are just these different things like we were talking about earlier. Everybody's vision of success is different. Uh, maybe these things are here because you were afraid that the town wouldn't um, be accepting a float tank. So you have these things to get them in the door. Is that necessarily the right choice to make? And, you know, we were talking about that this weekend, uh, the, these, which decisions are like true, uh, passion, which ones are for fi- finances and which ones are, are fear-based. So hmm. those things also come up when, you know, you've been hanging out for 40 hours straight and those, those conversations start up too. Nice. It, did I answer your question? Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> so it sounds like being on site you're at a good point in that project. You had the opportunity to talk ahead of time, but being on site, you're happy that you went at this time. Yeah. Like it was a good time to be brought in. And That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think for, for physically being there, I would say mm-hmm. um, having the physical location was really nice. I think that was kind of the main bonus, although surprisingly, uh, just being able to, again, share that table was, was really nice. Mm-hmm. That was great. Um, also, like on Skype, you can't have an aside with somebody, right? So... You know, if somebody's having a conversation with you, they, they both have to be locked into that. And on this, I could kind of kind of go back and forth between them or, you know, we could joke around for a little bit while somebody focused and it didn't feel like we're using up time on, on Skype, you know, it felt mm. different to me. Yeah. I think it felt different to everybody. Um, I think just to close out, I think that was mostly it. I mean, we talked about 
water maintenance, software choices, what the workflow looks like, laundry, how does laundry work in this space, hiring practices, uh, just like writing a manual, branding, all these things, you know, were discussed. And um, it, it is, again, fun to be able to like talk about this thing, but then tangentially get back there later in a conversation. And you, you do see how much things ba bounce back and forth. Like nothing is isolated mm -hmm. in a bubble. No topic is completely isolated. And what software you choose might uh, depend on, you know, all the different modalities that you have in there. And your workflow yeah. is going to be dependent on, uh, on the build out, all, all that stuff. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's kind of, kind of amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just the only other thing I would like to add actually doesn't have to do with my amazing trip. And one more time, I just want to th say thanks to the family. That was so, so awesome for me, such a wonderful time. And I already miss them so much. <laughs> it was so great. Uh, and, and, um, I, f I fly home and I won't get too into it because my flight was delayed, 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 and then it was canceled, and then it was no longer a, a nonstop flight. It was to Seattle and then to Portland, and it was stressful, and uh, I was getting so tired, and I thought I was going to see my family so much earlier, and I didn't get to. And um, I get into Portland, and I see somebody um, just sitting on a bench. I don't know if they're waiting. They must be waiting for somebody to get off the plane. No, nope, it wasn't the location for that. I'm not sure why they're sitting there. Maybe they just got off a flight. And I'm walking past, and I realize I recognize the person. And the person looks very unhealthy, like not like they're taking care of themselves. And I realize it's a former employee uh, at the company that I used to work at. And this person just doesn't look like they're taking care of themselves. They look tired. We were all tired off getting off this flight, right? Like I can't, I can't say they should be looking like their absolute best at that, you know, around midnight or something like that. Like uh, that's fine. But for me, and, and this was like just super athlete, very intelligent person, real go-getter. And just in this, just one snap moment, I got to see this person where, where they were at in a very, you know, again, two-dimensional, this, I did not get to see them for a week straight and how their life is going. But I just had this, wow, man, did I choose the right, did I make the right choice? And like, thank you so much, Sandra, for helping me get out of that environment where it just wasn't healthy. And I got to just go on this incredible path where my life is not surrounded by these same four walls and this cubicle farm and just the sounds of phones ringing in the background that are just so artificial, but you get used to them and you're just staring at a screen all day long. And your only physical activity, I mean, you get to go on a bike ride or a run on your lunch break or something like that, and you know, you kind of skip your lunch break if if you're willing to do that. And oh my gosh, I'm just so happy that my life branched out about eight years ago, and then eight years later to see that same person who looked like the star, you know, just like mm -hmm. go get them, awesome individual. Like wow, that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that's not the path that I took. So that was really interesting to come home after that amazing weekend and go, that was the final thing I saw at the end of my trip. My goodness. Um, and then, of course, I got to see my family, which is also quite nice. Uh, yeah. Is there anything yeah. else? Any other, I don't know, questions about my weekend? Anything like that? Did I skip something? You got the most important stuff that I was curious about. Mm. I, I'm dying to know. Now, I don't even know who this was, and I'm dying to see pictures. Yeah. Um, 
So I'll look forward to that reveal hopefully later on the podcast so we can see Mm -hmm. where they started. And maybe perhaps in the future we can find out, did they change anything based on that conversation? Did something come from it? Because I know that the more I talk to float center owners, it does strongly influence the way that I um, the way that I build and, and the things that I think about. So super looking forward to that in the future. You know, so this, um, I'll just ask you on the air here. I get worried about bringing up things like consulting or bringing up consulting, even though it's more and more of what I do during um, downtime instead of just talking about the float shop. But I worry about it sounding like an ad or a commercial, even though it's like more of what I'm doing. But I think people can benefit from this. Like where, where on the fence do you sit with that? Or what side, I should um, say. Yeah. So, okay. So you're talking to someone who believes very strongly in working with someone. I've had a business coach in my life mm. for probably the last, oh gosh, 12 years. Uh, I have someone that I work with on a regular basis. So mm. to me, I think it should be normal whether they hire someone like you who's specifically to consult on floating or they just have a general coach who's there to encourage, who's mm. there to find them resources. I think it's super important to have that. And yes, we're talking about you because it's your experience mm-hmm. um, and that's great. But I work with several coaches. I mean, you never stop learning. I think this is an important part of growing whether you're growing a float business or you're adding new things or you're, you're just needing that accountability to, to maintain consistency in marketing and bookkeeping and that sort of thing. Um, so personally, I, I maybe, you know, I, I guess I'm looking at it from the inside. I, I hope mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like an ad, but, <laughs> well, and I, but it's, like, it's interesting. I think that stuff is important. They were so happy at the end of the weekend. They got yeah. so much value out of it. And that makes yeah. me super happy. But part of me is like, God, it'd be awesome to have them on the show. And like, well, what was valuable? Yeah. You know, like, what did you get out of it? Yeah. But then they're going to be saying that I was so awesome. And you know, they're yeah. going to be complimenting. I'm like, Ah, I can't even take a compliment anyway. That's like my own weird thing, but I have a difficult time with compliments. And then will that come across Mm. like, that's why I'm bringing them on? You know what I mean? Mm, I gotcha. I can understand that. But but I am a very big proponent of working with people. I do think it's important. I don't care if it's somebody in the float industry. Uh, You know, maybe it's just the business. I've worked with people from all different industries. I I haven't worked with anyone very float specific. Mm -hmm. But having... A coach, having someone to do that, I think is is a very, very valuable thing. And I know it feels like a lot of money up front, but uh, yeah, I, it's worth every penny. Yeah, that's that's the other thing that I think about. It's kind of hard to, to tell people about. It's just the value add. Like when you're spending, you know, 60 to several hundred thousand dollars, 60,000 to several hundred thousand dollars to spend a couple extra hundred or a couple thousand dollars to have somebody walk you through these things, lower the stress level, save you even more money during that time. Like there can just be this penny wise pound foolish mentality that I have. Um, and, uh, I, again, speaking of Sandra being like <laughs> having the right ideas, like she helps me with that. But, um, I think that that happens a lot of the time is like, uh, you know, just, kind of this minimal mentality to, to get there when it's like, no, this will open all sorts of doors to your imagination, the way that you're thinking about your float center, the long-term life of it, the, the way that every day it'll be a little bit easier, or you'll be going, gosh, that's just so frustrating. I can't do anything about it. Uh, similar to like the, uh, the, the water running to my shower and tranquility. It takes so, so long for it to get there and there's nothing I can do about it anymore. Right. It's like just those little things that can, you can be saved for the lifetime of your business that are just so important. Um, so yeah, obviously it's my passion, but then I, I worry. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, uh, 
thank you, Amy. I appreciate your insight on that. Maybe I should ask the float community what they think about that too and having consultants on or talking more about them. Well, if there's nothing else, thanks everybody for listening so much. I also want to thank Float Away. Float Away is making a float around, float cabins, uh, couples cabins. Listen to that Deborah Worthington episode and learn about floating couples. That one absolutely blew my mind. I thought it was going to be so much different, and I can't believe how many couples she has floating there, but the floataways are the ones that are designed perfectly to actually float two people in the tank at the same time. And I say couples, but I mean, it's, it can be mother, daughter, it can be friends in the float tank is really amazing. Again, that Deborah Worthington episode uh, was great. And she's actually based out of Tulsa, same place. Um, actually, I think she's now running the, uh, manufacturing of the port or excuse me portland the u.s uh, manufacturing for float away as well um, now they're even making the 10 foot serenity uh, they make the float around what justin is using in the uh, at liber the largest circular pool float pool on the market and uh yeah also again as i always say super sweet people very bright and very willing to help you out so just good people to know and to be in contact with it's a small industry make some friends with some really good people that have your best interest in heart they have they've floating um they, they're passionate floaters too very regular floaters floataway.com is where you want to go and again get a hold of them talk to them just just good people <laughs> Let's see here. In closing, thanks everybody for listening. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everybody supporting us on Patreon. It means the world to us. Thank you. Uh, we, <laughs> we are available for consulting if you're interested. Outofthefloat.com forward slash consulting. We're all available, uh, as is Gloria Morris, who has joined our team as well. So really excited about that. Uh, for anybody who wants to support us on Amazon, bookmark the Amazon link on artofthefloat.com. And uh, anytime you make a purchase, there's just a couple ducats come our way. It helps us maintain uh, and buy new equipment, make sure our audio sounds good. And thanks to Kim Hannon for taking our show notes. Always love those. Thank you so, 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 so much. Remember, everyone, there's an infinite amount to find in the presence of nothing. So spend some time there. We'll see you next week.